like a Sunday we can come together so often but we believe that he is here and if there is a little thing in your heart it's not what we see on the outside it's not the people that are here but that little tug and we want him to minister we want him to come to our souls we can touch him you just hold your need before the Lord this morning as we pray Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time that we're gathered. Thankful for the specials that were sung, Lord. Just such a nice spirit, such a wonderful song service. and Lord, songs that we treasure. and Father, they speak of a land that we're going to. Lord, while we're here this morning, we can't help but remember those that are needy. We want to just especially remember the Collins family, the Tribiger family. Father, you promised you'd be a comforter. Lord, we, we don't even have words. We don't have anything. But, oh, great Holy Spirit, would you just go and sweep over them? Not just today, but in the days to come. There are little children who don't even understand this. But, oh God, you are still God. And we ask you, Father, be very near. Would you also remember the other needs, oh Lord, Sister Angeline Perzog in Saskatchewan, Sister Erica. Father, would you just be with every need that is mentioned. We think of our brethren in the Ukraine. Lord, wherever your people are, and for us that are here this morning, would you just come by our way, Lord? Father, we invite you now as we open the scriptures. Come, I pray. Be with everyone that's even not here at home. Be their portion, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Enjoyed the song service and the specials very much. Let's uh, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. I, uh, not being planned to be here, I had a multitude of thoughts. Some were related to the meetings coming up. Um, 
And I, I can't say I was just so directed in one thing, but I, I'm going to try and bring together a number of things. And so I'll, it'll be a little bit more to get us to think, to look. And then uh, if we do that this morning, then tonight we'll have an evangelist that'll, that'll direct his thought to something. And so Brother Max is going to speak tonight. Uh, this next week, um, uh, Living Word Assembly, Brother Eugene, they're also having a camp for the youth. There's people coming from British Columbia, from Saskatchewan. So uh, we want to support them at this time. Brother Max and Brother John will be there through the week. Others will be going. Just let's keep that in prayer also, if we will. They always put a lot of effort out, and, and uh, we appreciate that. And we want, they're our brothers and sisters, and we want to do the right thing. Matthew 24, verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came for him to him for to share, to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So these are in the last parts of Jesus' earthly ministry. And some of what he was talking about did reflect on the natural temple, but it was also the spiritual temple that he had. This will be Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. Verse 20, I will just go directly to some scriptures, um, not go through a lot of preamble. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, this is the call, and I didn't read the preceding scriptures in the Laodicean church age and the conditions, but he's standing at the door knocking this morning. And... There is something that he's doing. It's his will, not that any would be lost. It's his will not to condemn and to judge uh, anybody, prejudge them, but he wants you to come in. So there's something he's doing. There's something we need to do to respond to what he's doing. Ethan, I'm going to ask you to turn just over to Revelations chapter 8. I'm going to read one verse there. Revelations 8, in verse 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Amen. God bless his word. You may have your seats. There's many events that are unfolding.
Um, there are things that we, I'll just ask you to hold the, the title. Ethan, I'm going to read one more scripture before we put the title up. But um, There's many events that are unfolding. There's things that we heard for so many years politically and in the world. And we see things happening that um, it, it ought to do something to us. Um, I, I was talking to a brother uh, who was quite young. He actually just turned 60. And uh, that used to be old, but it's not no more. And uh, I, I just said, look at where we're standing. And uh, I, I just said, look at the time that we were born, you know, just in the 1960s. And I said, here we are, just did not see Brother Branham, but we're born at the time when he was here, but now that voice began to go out and grew up with it in our lives to a degree, uh, called out from the world. I, I was called out. God called me out in 1983. And uh, it was a time, you know, God has different moves, and I, this is not doctrinal, but he was called in the same time. Um, other ministers were called at the same time. Uh, 1983, different brothers, and we all just didn't know that, and one time we were together, and we recognized that was God that did that. And, uh, and, and there's others, you know, that's not a doctrine, don't worry. But, but it was God doing something, and back then we didn't know that we would be here today. And we didn't know what we'd be witnessing. And, and, I, and I would just say the things that we've heard that even at that time seemed to be so far off, we see them coming. And the seven visions that Brother Branham had, uh, I'll just refer to that in a bit. The, the, the events at that time concerning Russia, the, uh, the economics, which, you know, it seemed like so prosperous, and we'd enter many years of prosperity, but now there's there's coming a squeeze, and, and, it's, and it's fulfilling Revelation 17, where even the rich men are being affected by economics. And, and, and the morality, the loss of morality, you know, it, 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 it would have shocked you to see a woman walking out in, in just skin tight, uh, as Brother Daniel referred to them, skins. <laughs> They, they call them leggings. They call them pants. It's, it's not even hardly that. But it's just so common. It's like a threshold. It's gone to a, a level where it's become common. And, and then even the church world, everybody, uh, I was talking with Brother Daniel, and I, you know, he's in the middle of what we'd call a religious belt, and everybody's a Christian, and, and, and everybody, you know, I went to church, and it's, it's quite open, and he says it's just uh, you know, I, I think we're more of an atheistic country than, than some of the religious spirits that are there, but it's just the church going to the level it has, where it's Hollywood stars are a Christian, and, and, and the rich people go, and the, may, and the politicians go to churches, and, 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 and it's viewed on as, as something to look to. And so you can look at all those things out there, and yet there's something inside. There's also a bride, so I'm, I'm going to need to draw that a little bit, but it was, you know, that's where messages like modern events 
made clear by prophecy uh, means so much to it. I'm, I'm going to go into this. Uh, I, I was, was saved in 1983. I was baptized in 1984. And as I came out, it, 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 it was so heavy on me that God had grace for me just at the end of the world. And, and, I, I, would be, and, and, and I would be among the last to come in. And it was that real. And I would say, if you're a Christian, if it is that real. Say, well, Brother Ed, it, it came so long. Be careful because, you know, the animals that went in the ark, they all had different means to get to the ark. And so some had to hear the call earlier. So I think I, I was slower, so I had to hear the call. So the call of the snail started before the call of the cheetah. Because the snail had, had a long journey to make before it hit the ark. So I, I think God had to call me because he knew I'd be slow and I, it would take me a while to digest and learn things. And so you bear with me. But, but you know, I, I came out and, in that time and, and it was just such a compelling thing. And, and, and I took those words and I digested them and they still mean that to me. But I'm, I'm going to just highlight an example. It, it was a few years later, I was traveling into Europe in 1989. Brother Ron Peterson and Brother George Smith had had a tour. Brother Ron had been stationed in Germany at that time. And Brother George, they had a tour of young people that uh, were people that I'd met at different camps from, from the United States and all over. And they went through Europe. They had a two-week journey. Well, I had a desire to go visit Europe, and I actually took two months because it took me a little longer than the two weeks. But I traveled on my own, and I met them at different intervals. But I remember it was in May of 1989, and here I was in the countries of Germany and Austria, Switzerland, Italy, Greece. While I was in Germany, I actually went to East Germany at the time. And East Germany, they actually had uh, the wall, and you've all maybe heard of Checkpoint Charlie, and I crossed there, and I remember I took a train in, and in the middle of the night, and, and this was like, this is the east, and this is now 30 years, this line, this wall had been built, and I, I crossed there, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night, the, the, the German border guards are on the train, they demanded to see your visa, they demanded to see your passport, you know, and it was like a fearful thing, you didn't know, but you're crossing over, and, and so I crossed over, that was in May of 1989. In November of 1989, it actually started in September, but the communist bloc or the countries that were there, uh, I think it was Hungary that first started opening its borders and allowing people who are trapped behind the Iron Curtain to go to the West. And so you saw many people travel and immigrate through Hungary, and, and it wasn't long, and I think the Czech Republic followed. And, and I woke up one morning in November of 1989, just had been there five months earlier, and I'm hearing reports of the wall in, in the divided Berlin is breaking down, and, and they're tearing it apart, and the border guards are letting them do it. And, and, and just a few months earlier, if you would have tried crossing that line, you would have been shot. And, and, I'm, and I'm seeing all of these things happening, and, and it was a momental thing to the world. But at the same time, there was another line that was, was, was being torn down at that time. And, and in the message 
Um, Brother Branham had spoke seeded, no, he spoke uh, the message is uh, spoken word is the original seed. The message right after he speaks is end time seed sign. And he's talking about um, the, the, the teaching rain that had gone forth, or the planting rain, and then the teaching rain, two rains had come forth. And he talked about the seeds that had been sown. And then he makes this comment about Berlin. And he says, there's been a Roman revival. Do you know what happens? If they give the eastern part of Berlin back, that puts the Roman Empire exactly in the old circle it was in the time of Jesus. Now, the world was looking at it as communism. It's a good thing. They're breaking down. But what was coming in was the more dangerous thing, which was the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was, 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 was flooding in. It was opening everything up. Now, that was a line that was being crossed, and, and, and we didn't see it at that time. And, you know, there's many quotes like this in the message, but it, it, it all of a sudden, this was an innocuous little quote, and all of a sudden, it took on a life. You could say the same thing about right now because much has been made of the, the, uh, the, uh, the quotation where Brother Adam would say, when Russia comes down for that oil, and, and you have to look at the movements of Russia and what's happened and, and what's going on. See, and I'm talking now some world views, some world events, but it, we wouldn't be able to see this if God hadn't allowed us to see we would have just said, this is a good thing. And yet he says, it's actually become more dangerous. Because now it, it's, it's not the iron curtain, it's the purple curtain. Let, let, let me just read Matthew 11 real, real quick. This is simple. I'm going a little slow with this, but I, I'm being a little reflective in, in my thoughts here. Matthew 11, Jesus is praying and he says, and I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. So there are people that have gone to seminaries and schools and studied and given their lives for all of these things, and they missed seeing what was there. And I would have missed, I wouldn't have even cared. I would have thought, wow, that's great. Let's just go when, when, that, when these events happen. But we can see them. And, and a prophet says, now watch what happens. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this home in a minute. But Jesus says he hid them and he revealed them unto babes. Verse 26, even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight all things are delivered unto me of my Father. No man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whom, whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So I, I don't want you just to look at this as knowledge, and while it is knowledge, and while these things are out there, and they're around us, and, and there's different things that are happening, but I, I want us to, and, and for many of us that have grown up in the message, whether we've had a parent, a grandparent, or we've come through, or you're now sitting in this church and all you've ever known is this church, 
Sometimes in, in our little bubble that we're in, we don't see where we are in the big picture. And maybe we don't fully appreciate it. But I, I, I trust the Holy Spirit would, would make it more real this morning. Brother Branham would say this in his unfailing words of promise. He said, Christian friends, we are now living to see the very, he doesn't stop, everything he has said here is fulfilled. The next thing is his coming. Israel is in her homeland. My, my grandmother uh, grew up in Russia. Her mother was a very learned woman. Um, her mother was what they would call, they didn't have lawyers in those days, but would represent the needs of the peasants. And her mother, that's, that's my great-grandmother, would have gone, in fact, up to the czar who was there before communism came, and he actually pleaded a case for someone. That, that's what she was, but she was a very learned woman. She died, and the Russian Revolution soldiers killed her. My grandmother was five years old. And she uh, had a, grew up under a stepmother, but God began to move on her life. She told me of another grandfather she had, was a man who was a man of prayer, and he sat in the corner, and he would sit in the corner and read his Bible all the time. And he said to her, and my grandmother's name was Natalie, he said, Natalia, you may not see it, I may not, he said, I may not see it, but you may see it. Israel will become a nation. Now, this is in 1920s. Now, there was a spirit of God that was moving, but I, I don't know if we can take for granted what's coming together. So here, Brother Branham says this. He says, Israel is in her homeland. She is her own nation. Now, think about this. The angel of the Lord came to Brother Branham at the same time Israel was coming together as a nation. So this is, this is just a little reflective. It's a bigger picture. She's got her own money, her own flag, a member of the UN. She's a nation the first time in 2,500 years since she's been a nation. And Jesus promised that. The Bible says a generation is allotted to 40 years from the time that Israel became a nation until 40 years, somewhere in that time, he will come. And if that is true, then that brings the coming. Now, I, I want to just read one more of this and then I'm going to go to a scripture I want to use for today. He says, now... Every 2,000 years, something has happened on the earth, and politics and everything gives out, and God had to send help from heaven. I'll, I'll just interject this. I may not come to it in the right way. Revelation 7 starts with four angels that held four winds, and they had to actually hold back things that were coming and, and they would have come, but, but God had to intercede and send these angels. He says, don't let these things happen 
until my servants are sealed. So that pertains now to Israel, but others also. God is in control. God will not allow Russia to send a bomb or to put a trigger until this church is together. Until we're ready for a rapture. This has been promised. Now he says, the first 2,000 years, the world was destroyed with water. The second 2,000 years, Christ come. This is 1964. They claim they're, they're 17 years short on that. It's at the door. The next thing is the coming of the Lord. All the signs are blending right in with it. That's why I try to get the people to stay exactly on the promised word, just what the word says. Stay right with that. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. I'm going to take not the first 2,000, but this is at the junction of, of Christ coming. I'm, I'm, I want to, I wanted to really read one verse further down, but I, I, I feel like we need to remember Christ is the center of everything. And it would do us good just to read these verses together. So I'm going to take my time with this a little just to get to my point. And I, I, I probably don't have the time, but I, I feel I want to give honor to him. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? To babes such as would learn. Now he talks about Jesus. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Okay, just hold it there for a moment. Jesus didn't come with great worldwide fanfare. John the Baptist was a forerunner. But there was not a lot you could point at and say, like, this is, this is glorious and glamorous. The scriptures had to be fulfilled. The coming of the Lord in this last day, let me just say this, under the seventh seal, there are things that are happening that the world knows nothing about. And I will say this further. In the midst of we as a group that claim to be followers of the message, there are things that are happening that even those, who I say, are viewing or this intellectually or following casually can miss. I, I, I want to be concise about that. But this is how Christ came also. Verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it we and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. This is the God of heaven. This is the creator who came lowly, meek. Verse 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And he was wounded for our transgression. So 
His coming was not that we would feel sorry for him, but it was to come to our level, and it was to take our place. As I heard a brother say the other day, he loved us so much that he was willing to go to hell for us that we might be in heaven with him. And he went to hell. He took all these things on him on earth that we could go and be with him. He didn't want you to miss it. He wanted you to be there. He wanted me to be there. That's his grace to us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like a sheep, like sheep, have gone astray. Even after he calls us the sins, the, the, the nature of our first birth, even though you may be born again, still doesn't, it's not natural for you to look to God, but he left something inside. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He, he was quiet so that there could be a voice in the last days. Not the voice, the voice of the prophet, the spirit, and the bride would speak. But, but he was quiet knowing there'd be a further part of his ministry in the last days. This will be where I, I take my text from, verse 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation. So I am, I want to speak just this morning, and I've already gotten through a quarter of the service, but I want to speak on um, him being declared, uh, who shall declare him in this generation, and as a subtitle I'm using, he is the unfulfilled part. So I, I'm, I'm going to do this. So I, as I read this, now I, I want you to go and just look at what we said, the time that we're in. Now, now Brother Branham will go, and I, I want to just read, read this for a moment. This is from the seven visions. I won't read all of it, but the message that he's speaking this in is condemnation by representation. And, and you know, uh, he's just talking how I was on my way to church and I fell into a vision and our services were held on Meigs Avenue, and he's just talking naturally. I seen some dreadful things come place. Uh, I speak this in the name of the Lord. President Roosevelt was the, the president. He will cause the whole world to go to war. There's a new dictator of Italy, Mussolini. He will make an invasion towards Ethiopia. He'll take in Ethiopia, but that'll be his last. He will come to an end. There'll be a war with Germany. Watch Russia. Watch the three isms, communism, Nazism, fascism. Communism would swallow them. So these are global things. And I would just say, did those come to pass? 
they absolutely came to pass. This is in 1933, before there ever was a war, before all of these things. So we, we can lay claim to that, but now I want to just read the other parts of this. He says, this is in the vision, an evil thing has been done in this country. They have permitted women to vote. Now, you can say all the other ones, but you say that to somebody who has just come out of this world, who has been slowly indoctrinated into this world, they go, wow, are you ever archaic? And I, I will, I'll be honest, we could say this even in the message 25 years ago, and because our conscience is affected about, okay, I got to be careful at work, I got to say the politically correct thing and, and things, so it now is closer to us and it affects us. But yet it's the truth. And now he's seeing something. Listen to how he says it. This is a woman's nation, and she will pollute this nation as Eve did Eden. I'm, I'm going to just jump ahead to something here that I had pulled out, because this may seem uh, simple, but Brother Branham talks um, about the moral line that, that this nation has crossed. You can talk about the economic line, the political line. I just, I just talked about the Berlin line. That crossed something. And I, I could say in politics, there's been several things that have been happened that absolutely resonate. And it seems like once you cross that line, it, it's unlimited how far it goes. And it's like when... when when gay marriage came out and they began to give rights, that crossed a line. And, and it crossed a line to where now slowly what used to be hidden and secret and evil, now it's being turned and it's on us who would believe that to have such a relationship or something is not godly. And we become, I, I would just say, in our in our knowledge, in our brain, in our spirit, we, we become affected. In our soul, we don't believe that. But we have to be careful. And, and we say that because these services go out, and I'm speaking it, and, and maybe somebody hears it. I can't stop that. It's still the truth. And I say, we need to be washed by the water of the Word. So Brother Branham would say, he would say, in this generation, they're blind, they're naked, and they don't know it. Not them poor little women out there. I have nothing against them. Now look at, look at how he draws the line. I, Satan has so polarized things. I, I would just say, you, you, watch, you watch how, whether it's Canada or the U.S., the demonstrations, some of which may have good, but then there comes contingents that, that almost are borderline uh, neurotic. Well, they are neurotic. That's one thing. But they have an agenda where they just want to cause a fuss. They're against everything. And, and it's mixed with that. And, and, it, and it causes a polarization. And then there's... So it, it, it causes you, well, you're either for the truckers or you're against the truckers. No, I'm not for either. I'm for Christ. I'm for the Word. I'm not taking sides over there. And that same devil comes into the church. 
And he'll come into the church and he'll say, uh, yeah, well, you know, are you for the word or are you for the spirit? No, Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. And you say, oh, you're, you're more on the Baptist side than the Pentecostal side. Brother Bram said, the real Holy Spirit draws from both. We don't just lean to spirit and fantastics. We don't just lean to word and theology only. And then the devil comes further and says, are you for tapes or are you for preaching? No, I'm not taking sides. I believe the word of God. I believe what God said. And the devil, yet he wants to divide. I say, and Brother Adam comes in Christ, the mystery of God revealed. He says, now he says, this is a word to the church. When things come up, don't take sides with it. Well, are you for vaccines or are you against vaccines? Don't take sides with it. Stay in the truth. Stay in the love of God. Do not allow the devil to polarize. I say this. I have brothers and sisters in all kinds of churches. And you can say there are all kinds of parts of the message. But I say this. I love them. And if I don't love them, God's still working on me to love them more. Brother Branham would say, now he's talking about the women, and I'm just going back to the part of the vision, and he says, it's an evil thing. The system of the church seems to fail to recognize or stand for it. It lets the women bob off their hair, wear makeup, shorts and things under the name of Christianity. Oh, what a horrible thing it is. Now, Brother Branham goes on, that's in God's power to transform. He says, in knoweth it not. We got a woman judge in the city. That's the reason the city is so polluted. And everybody thinks, wow, that's just out there. No, it's not. We have a prime minister who would have desired to make the legal age of voting to be 16 because there's a lot of young people that would be influenced by looks, would be influenced by that thing and keep power. Now, now just take those things. This is quiet here, but if you're a message believer, just say amen in your heart. He says, the woman has got no business in politics. I, I'll, I'll put this back to a national level. If you go to the United States, there was much ado made about Donald Trump putting in this woman judge that was more on the conservative side, and, and you know, they're all railing against it. And, and it was about, you know, she's conservative versus we're Democrats and politics. But the bottom line is she was a Catholic. And if you take the Supreme Court of the United States, seven of the nine Supreme Courts are Catholic. And Brother Branham would talk about it, and he would say, you know, he, he, he drew a landmark when, when all of the presidents came into power, power, and then Kennedy came into power, the first Catholic president. And then it never happened for many years. Fast forward, here we are, Joe Biden, second Catholic president. Now, are these things by accident? These are lines that are being crossed. Now, I'm, I'm just trying to condense my thoughts. He says, a woman has got no business in politics. She's got no business in anything over authority in the church. Her place is a man's queen at home. Outside of that, she has nothing. Now, 
Brother Daniel, Andy spoke it so well, stay in your lane. I, I want to stay in my lane. I'll, uh, you know, uh, an evangelist doesn't correct a pastor. A pastor doesn't correct a prophet. Uh, you know, everything, everything has a place. And he says, now, I, he says, now, you, I know that sounds old-fashioned, but I'm responsible. Now, he's saying this in 1965, and we all kind of start to think, oh, 65. Yeah, things are different. No, they're not. This is the voice that we need to hear. This is the one we need to be attuned to. So he says all of this. A woman judge, a woman's place is queen at home. Next paragraph. I know after my going away from this earth, them tapes and them books will be living on. And many of you young children will find in the days to come that this is exactly the truth because I speak it in the name of the Lord. I say we're seeing that come to pass. This is the name of the Lord. This is the thoughts of God to this generation. Now, I'm just going back to the vision for a minute. Brother Bannon would say, he's talking all these different parts of the vision. Now he comes back. How about, and I, I, I took a little sidebar when women voted because it got quiet for a sudden. I'd say this, there can be this thing even in the message, and I've seen it, whereas women are second-class citizens. They are not. The women are highly esteemed. And I would say, if there is a thought by any man in ruling the household that way, it's wrong. I think we need to respect and love and appreciate our sisters. And I will say, I, I want to honor them in everything. But if we're not careful, we jump into the spirit of the age, where the spirit of the age is a woman's age, and we think we're inferior or we're second class or wherever we are. Whatever the word says my place is, that's what I want to obey. And I believe, and I, I would say, a woman in her place is a jewel, is a shining light, is a crown in a man's, is, is, is a jewel in a man's crown. And I, I sometimes just so appreciate, I can say a lot of things when I'm witnessing to somebody, but then my wife comes along, and that is to me the greatest witness. Because I like how she dresses, I like what she presents, I love her thoughts and her purity towards things, and I think I thank God for that. That reflects what I believe. And so we, we need to remember, don't, like whatever it may be, Black Lives Matter, women's rights, she movement, don't get caught in these things. Don't bring them into our thinking here, but bring them in under subjection to the word. So, I, I, I didn't really intend on going there, but I just, I'm listening, and maybe there's something resonating somewhere. Now, these women will elect the wrong person. Then I seen a great woman rise up in the United States, well-dressed and beautiful, but cruel in heart. She will either guide or lead this nation to ruination. I've got in parenthesis, perhaps the Catholic Church. Now, there's a woman who is in president, and I don't know if you know, but she was actually president of the nation for one day already. She was, Joe Biden had to go into surgery. A letter went out, says, for while I'm in this surgery, while I'm under things, she will be the president. 
Now, I'm not saying that's the fulfillment of the vision. God interprets His own word. And I'm not saying it's only the woman that's there, because it could be both. It, but I believe the Catholicism is a part of it, because in the Scripture, it so points to it. And then he says, and science will progress, especially in the mechanical world. Automobiles will get to be like egg-shaped. That's why I'm a little resistant, because, you know, I always, all, all the vehicles used to be homogen, are becoming homogenized. You can't tell a foreign vehicle from a North American vehicle, and, and they all just look the same. Not, nothing against vehicles, okay? Just, this, is not, this is just me speaking. <laughs> but there's a part of me that says, I like the old, older car. Well, you're just speaking your age. Perhaps I am. And, and I just say, I like, like the way they were. They were cars. There was something classic about them. And Anyway, they all look the same. Okay, sorry. That's not, I shouldn't have even gone there. I'm sorry. But he says... <laughs> Finally, they'll build one that doesn't need a steering wheel. They got it now. It'll be controlled by some other power. We used to think that was so far off. You know that those cars, this technology that they're bringing, that, that will even allow them to, you know, from your phone, you can control them to come and pick you up. We never thought that would ever be. Listen, I know I'm losing some people here. Some of you... Still use the yellow pages. I know that. <laughs> Some of you still use paper maps. I know that. <laughs> We're going somewhere. Fold out the map. Yeah, I know that. I, I do too. It's like, you know, there's something good about that because you could see there, here, there. You didn't just zoom in. Okay, I, I'm just, I, I shouldn't have gone that. Okay, so these are all these visions. And then he says, now, he says, and, and Brother Ram would talk about all of these things. And then he says, now, the last thing I see in the United States as one smoldering, burnt-over place, it will be near the end. Now, he says this, because of the onrushing slot that's coming now, how fast it's moving, how long it'll take, this nation meets its place. Now, I, I, there's other things he says, but he goes to say, seven things predicted, five already happened. You judge how far away we are. We're near the end. We are seeing it. I think we can almost see. I look at pictures of the leader of Russia, and, and they have experts that examine body language, and they, they said they've seen him change from being supremely confident to being nervous and agitated. And even at his ra rally just this last week, which they called Trump-esque type rally. And they just, they said, you know, all these things. They said, and he's becoming even vengeful and emotional. How, how can it happen? You know, would any sane man send a missile knowing that at the same time you send the missile, there's one coming back and both of you are going to be destroyed? I'll tell you what, you wouldn't do that if you were sane. But, you know, you would do it if you were under pressure and you, were, you, you just didn't care anymore and, you're, and, and you'd crossed a line and gone so far. And then one day you had a bit too much vodka and you pushed the button. These things can easily happen. Now, I, 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 I need to just, my, my, my. Luke 21, let's just read a couple of scriptures real quick. Luke 21 Verse 34. Now, I'm, I'm going to take this a little bit more. See, this is not all just by knowledge. But I think by knowledge, we can see things that are happening. 
we can perceive these things. But how it affects or moves us inside is, is the part. And, and Brother Branham would say, because he was admonished the same thing, to be more sincere. But I would say the one thing that we want to be is more sincere. Let me just read these couple of scriptures. Luke 21, verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and see that day come, that, so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. You can think, well, I'm in the message. I know this has to happen. This has. No, he said, pray. He said, watch and pray. And then he would say, verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the day before the Son of Man. Jump over with me to Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't turn to it, I'll just read from verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him. Now we think faith. He that cometh to God must believe, yet he is God. But here's the last part. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Sometimes there's things that happen in the message and don't get me wrong when I say this, they're seemingly like errors or God allows things. He allowed Brother Branham for whatever reason to say 700 instead of 7,000. And, and people stumbled by that. He also allowed him, he was, he was going through the sixth seal and he relates this, I may not get to today, but he relates the opening of every seal with Matthew 24. And he takes the first two verses, and he takes the next two verses, and he takes the next two verses, and then he actually mixed two verses up. And, and, it, and people, well, I don't know what that means, and just leave it. But if you dig beneath it and you look, it's being diligent. It's, and God allows it because he wants to see, do you really care? Or are you just there as an outsider? Well, if the Lord doesn't give it to me, I won't get it. No, be diligent. Seek it out. You know, he'll, he'll do other things. You can take Daniel 70 weeks, and under Daniel 70 weeks, if you take the months, the years, it's something, it almost doesn't add up if you look at it on the surface. But if you're diligent and you look at it, and you bring it together with other parts of the message, it all fits. It all works. But it's done that way for God to hide himself. So, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. You're saved. That's great. I'm saved. You know, what happens next? You got to press in. You got to work towards something. If these things be in you and abound, talking about the seven virtues, they shall make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind. So even in this message, you can be blinded because you're just looking at knowledge and not living the life. He cannot see afar off. He's forgotten. He was purged from his old sins. Now verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. This is 2 Peter 1 verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Yeah, you can't work your way in. But if you've been extended grace, you will start to channel yourself 
to move and, and study and search out and, and find these things. Verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then Peter says, I'll put you in remembrance of these things. Though you know them, though you've heard this before, that you might be established in the present truth. Okay, I, I need to move a little further with a couple of things. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. I'm just going to take a... F- oh my, the clock is moving too quick today. I can't use the excuse of daylight savings time now anymore. That was last week. I, I have to work with what we've got today. Ephesians 1, verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will... According to his good pleasure, which he's purposed in himself, that in the dispensation, now dispensation is a period of time, of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him. Just focus on that. So there's aspects, and I'm talking about the unfulfilled part. There's aspects in the scripture all along that God has taken a type so far, and then he seemingly left it unfulfilled. You could take it uh, in, in Abraham's life. Abraham, he, he offered up Isaac for a sacrifice, but he never actually sacrificed him. That was a part, that was a type, it was a shadow, but the real sacrifice was when Jesus Christ laid himself down and he became the sacrifice. So he was the fulfillment of that. There's another part in Abraham's life, which you, if you actually look at it, and you see here's Abraham, he's getting older, the promise is not fulfilled, the promised son isn't coming, and he receives a visitation, and as he receives the visitation, and, and, and three men come to him, and one speaks to him and tells him of the judgment in, in Sodom. But he says, I will return to you according to the time of life. Now, there's never a record that he came and he returned to him. There's never a record that another physical visitation. But the next thing you have is Abraham's body starting to change. So he was coming into him. So God has promised that there would be a resurrection in this last day. But in order for the resurrection, for the rapture, there would have to be a body change. There would have to be a resurrection. So there was something that you can't fulfill, that I can't fulfill, but only God can fulfill. It won't be my knowledge, it won't be my, my revelation may be good, but until it takes on flesh, and I believe you stay in it, you walk in it, and it becomes flesh. I don't know what it was like as, as a hundred-year-old man and his 90-year-old wife tried to get out of bed one morning, and it was always a chore. And they have to brace themselves and sit. And one morning, Abraham seemed to be a little lighter on his feet. And then Sarah seemed to bound along with him. And as they sat there, as they were before the mirror and getting dressed, or at their ensuite, they're looking at each other. You're looking good today. You're looking good too. I, I believe that something was happening. Friends, what's happening in the world? I, I'm... Now I'm going off my notes, but God has seasons, and he'll bring everything up to a place, and it may have to hold there for a while. 
until something over here is fulfilled. And then something over here is fulfilled. But he's the great conductor. So sometimes we're in this holding pattern. And he'll make a misstatement. he say, the church will slog along. It will just do the same things until that last one comes in. And then that quickening power gets injected. You can't see it happening. You don't know how it's happening. The devil doesn't know how it's happening. But God is working. Under the seventh seal, he is doing something that we can't see. And Brother Bram says the seventh seal is all the way from the book of Genesis. I've often thought about it. I went to Genesis. What happened in Genesis? Well, in Genesis, God had said, let there be, let there be, let there be. He planted a garden. And then and, and, and he, he began to say it. But on, in Genesis 2, all of a sudden, God caused everything to grow. There began to be a manifestation. God was resting. He was quiet. There was nothing happening. But there was a manifestation. And, 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 and the devil's looking around. How did that grow? That little, how did this happen? How did that happen? It was God in his creation bringing all these things to pass. And he's looking at us. He looks and watches us. I got them. They got a weakness. They got something. And all of a sudden one day, something just happens. And you overcome that a little bit more. And a little bit more. And a little bit more. And you don't even know how it happened. Man, I, there was... I don't want to go down anything too much because I may point at somebody, but we all have our weaknesses. God has left us with something that we actually can't control. You might say, I, I want to be better in this area of my life, but I seemingly can't overcome and, 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 you know, we, we kind of look and say, I, how am I going to do this? Stature of a perfect man. Brother Bram talks about all the steps. And he said, in us is a natural part. Some of us have patience naturally. Hey, somebody does something, that's fine. Sometimes it almost moves too slow. Brother Barry Coffey was telling about, Brother Barry Coffey, those of you who know him, he said he's married to his wife, Sister Rebecca. And he says, you know, he talked about the character types. Well, she's just more laid back. He says, and where she's laid back, I seem to be more energetic, as he would call it. He's more like, you know, there's an A-type personality. There's a double A. Well, he's like triple A. And he said he realized as he was at a left turn, and he's making the turn, and the light turned green, and the oncoming traffic was not moving. And he says, this is ridiculous. I'm waiting here. It must have been at least a millisecond. He says, forget it. I'm just going to turn. Zoom. Across all those other cars that could turn. He said, I realized after two or three times of doing that, that it wasn't healthy for my wife. Who was sitting in the passenger seat as the cars were oncoming. So he said, I had to slow that down a little bit. So we all have something that, that naturally speaking we have, may have a quality of, of faith and virtue and patience and different things. But there's a part of us because we're still human beings. I'm, I'm slowing down just for a sec to make my point. We all have a little something that we ourselves maybe not, don't even like. There's parts I look at my life and I say, why am I like this? I don't want to be like this. I want to be different. And yet I have to give it to God and allow him to work it out in me. My, my mother, she's 
she's just uh, turned 89. And she's at home, and God bless her, she's just, I, I'm not where I, I'm, if it wasn't for her prayers, I don't know if I'd be where I am today. And she said, you know, when she turned 70, I thank God for my life. I thank him for everything that he's done, everything that he's given me. If he wants to take me, I'm ready to go. I've given everything. So there's this complete absence of having any tie or anything to earth or anything. And she says, he can take me. I've, I've given it. I've surrendered it all to him. Well, a couple of weeks ago, you know, and she came out of a culture where she didn't have much, so it was all about canning, and it was always about preserving, and it was always about keeping things, and, and so she would save things. She'd save, she'd do canning for us as we were kids, and we would do things. So here on one hand, spiritually, she's ready to go. Well, we had a little bit of a, a flood in the basement. We had to get it cleaned, and we had to move some things out, and she's saying, don't, don't take that. I says, Mom, you've had that for 15 years in the same place. You've never looked at it. She says, well, don't take it. So there's, there's, the, there's the heavenly part and there's the human part. And, and it, if we're all honest, we're the same way. Like, we still like to keep the jean jacket from high school because that was our favorite jean jacket. But it doesn't fit. It, it, you can't even get your, 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 your arm in a sleeve. And, and, and like you're, you're all laughing, but that, uh, that's just talking about all of us have got a little quirk or something. We're still humans. You know, and yet... There's a part of us, so we're here, we're trapped between heaven and earth, where we're trapped in this flesh. There's a heavenly part that wants to go. There's an earthly part that wants to keep things and, and, and still do the best we can. But it's changing. These bars of bone, you're, you're trapped in these things. Now, I, I, I tried to make a point with all of this, but everything is starting to move together. And it's not comfortable as we see rights being diminished, as we see things closing in on us, and we recognize we can't stay here forever. Amen. So sometimes we have to give ourselves and say, Lord, this is you moving. I can't control this. I, the believers in Ukraine, they can't control the war that's happening around them. My wife and I, we were at the church in Donetsk in Ukraine. I don't know, it was over 10 years ago or whatever it was. And it was a church of 250. Little did we know, just a few years after our being there, Russian militants, and it was under Russian control eight years ago when they overtook it. The church was, everything around it was bombed. Everything happened, and the church went from 250 to 50. And yet they're still there. They're believing. They're serving God. Now, that's not comfortable. But they can't control that. But God controls other things. There's things we can't control that we give to Him. That's in the earthly realm. But also in our spirit being, there's things that we can't, and we just say, Lord, I need grace to fulfill the part you have. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just take this for a moment, and I want to just take three generations quickly. The generation of Noah, Noah was in his generation, he was cast, uh, let me just say this, it was a time when God was using the Antiluvian flood to bring judgment on the earth, yet in the midst of it there was a Noah. And God knowing he would bring that judgment, before he brought the judgment, he sent Noah 
a preacher of righteousness. He sent him that he built an ark. There was Israel in the time of Babylon. There was, there was Israel. There's other ones we could take. So it was Noah. It was the time of Jesus. And it was our time. I'm just going to take those three generations. Now, sorry, I'm just going to inject one thing. In Genesis 15, you don't have to turn to it in verse 13. God is making promises to Abraham for his life on earth. Genesis 12 is his justification. 15 is his sanctification. 17 is when he receives a seal. But in 15, he, he says, now, in the middle of that, he injects a little thing, and he says, out of your generation, the fourth generation, he says, now, your seed will go into a strange land. It will be there for 400 years. But after that, I will bring them out with a mighty hand. But the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So associated with their coming out, there had to be, these events had to be in place. The, the Amorites had so Pharaoh had to rise up. There had to be a Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. He had to oppress the people of God. But then God could move. So now there's certain things around us. By prophecy we look. It has to come. There has to come a squeeze. There has to come a pressure. There has to be a uniting. There has to be a rise of the mark of the beast. There has to be all of these things. But until, and, and God brings them all to place. But in the midst of it, his eye is still on his people. Now in the first exodus, so Abraham's seed in the first exodus, when they came out, and, and they came out as a mighty nation and, and a generation, and they saw the miracles of God, yet they could not go in because they didn't believe the full promise. But there is a people that will believe the full promise. That was a sign. There was an unfulfilled part there. But now there's a generation called out. They will go in. In Jesus' time, my, I'm trying to make a point, and I'm not doing very good here. First Kings chapter 16, just, just for a moment. First Kings 16, verse 30. Things don't happen just all at once. It, 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 it has an ushering in. It goes slowly. There was a king, you can follow this through in the Bible. His name was Jeroboam. And Jeroboam did things that God was not pleased with. And, and, and then after Jeroboam, there came another king, another king, another king. But each generation began to walk further in sin. And finally, you know, the morals got so low. Now we're, we're going to just take a fulfillment of it. Verse 30, 2 King, 1 Kings 16, verse 30. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. They crossed a line. So it, it became a light thing. So I think it started way back when they said, listen, it's too hard for you to go and worship at Jerusalem. Just worship here. And that was idolatry, and God never forgave that. But a line had been crossed. So it all points back to this king, Jeroboam, but now here's the fulfillment of it in Ahab. Verse 31, it came to pass... As it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Can I just stop for a minute? He, that didn't come, that didn't come 
just easily. But it came because there was a dropping down, a relaxing of the guard that happened in his forefathers and the forefathers before him. And he didn't think. So what used to be something, you can bring it into modern day terms. We'd never go to a theater. That, that was, no, not movies. That's, a, that's wrong. And then Brother Brown says, but they bring a television in. And then he speaks against it. And we are, no, we'll never have a television. But now we all have a device. And, and if we're not careful, we allow that line that was a hard, definitive line, another line, but it begins soft, 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 and all of a sudden we're influenced. No, that's why it's so important. We, we watch what we see, what we hear. This is good for everyone from the pulpit down to the, to the pew here. So here, Jeroboam, he'd done these things. Now, it was a light thing for him. Ahab, that he now takes a wife of Jezebel, the daughter of Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel, king of the Zidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. But how did this happen? And Brother Branham talks about it. Listen, you young people that come to this church, the things you're doing, if there's another generation, do you realize your children will be judged by what you do? Have you no respect for decency? He goes on to say, teenagers in high school and beer parties and living and girls in adultery, what kind of a generation's coming after this? Their mammy was a flapper. Their grandmammy was a chorus girl. He said he'd visit the iniquity of the children and the children's children till the third and fourth generation. The whole thing began to leak out and the righteous seed began to get thinner and thinner. So here it is. Now, he, he, he does this, he marries this woman, but because he'd crossed the line, he immediately sets up an altar to Baal. And he reared up an altar in his house, and he made a grove, and it says in verse 33, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Just fast forward quickly, if you will, to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Now, everything that was unfulfilled, now you take it to the time Jesus comes and who's in power, religious power. There's religious leaders and now they've got their own rules, their own regulations, and they do everything. But in Matthew chapter 23, if we drop down to verse 30, I won't read all of it, you can go to it, but Jesus is denouncing the Pharisees. And now he makes this statement. And you say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. He says, wherefore, your witnesses to yourselves that you are the children of them that killed the prophets. You resisted the word. You, you always did these things. He says, fill you up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you generations of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you kill and crucify, and some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. Now, he's, he's, he's telling them what they're going to do and where they're going to go. Verse 35, what for? That Upon you may come the righteous blood that was shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Bacharias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Yeah. 
Now, so what he's saying, I held my judgment. I held it here. I held it. But now it's come to its fullness. The cup of iniquity is full. It's going to be required of you because now a greater than Solomon is in your midst and you still resist it. You, he calls him a generation. Friends, if we haven't come to the same thing, the greatest witness the world has ever seen, the greatest ministry, a sign, the sign of the Son of Man, not just a gift, the sign of the Son of Man again. But hearts become dull of hearing and, and, and they allow all of these things and to come into place. Let me just read a little bit. Brother Branham says, on a national level, Maya, couple more scriptures and we'll close this this morning. He said, if Russia had accepted the Pentecostal blessing 75 years ago, when the Holy Ghost fell in Russia, they wouldn't be communists today. They had great revivals way into Siberia. What did they do it? They rejected it. Today the country is gone. They can't have churches only under permission They are doomed into judgment. They have sold out to the devil. Talks about the Holy Ghost falling in England. Jeffries, Bosworth, Charles Price, Smith Wigglesworth, great warriors, offered England the Holy Ghost. What did they do? They laughed at them, put them in jail, called them crazy. The people refused, the churches refused the people to come and hear them. And he says, and now England is a mother of apostasy. He said, the great man is so weakened to the sex of women, scandal. And then he goes right down to America. When the great healing continued from Pentecost, broken the nation, there was great revivals, they turned it down. Men like Congressman Upshaw had been a cripple. They could not turn their face and say it wasn't so, but they turned it down. And he says, this nation, she's doomed. She's crossed the line between judgment and mercy. She's elected. She's, she's done this. So you see this on a national level. You see where it's all gone to. That's why Brother Brown says, I don't pray for the nation anymore. And he says, the only thing that's left, the only shaking, is that somewhere out there, there's still a predestinated seed that the light can fall on, but the nation is gone. Turn with me to Revelations 5. I'm going to just take these scriptures as we wind down. Revelations 5. You don't have to read it. It's about the time of the opening of the book. John sees it, and the Lamb comes and takes the book. Verse 8. And when he had taken a book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, every one of them having harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, I, I always marvel, I, I kind of pick up numbers once in a while, but Revelations 5, 8 and Revelations 8, 5 parallel two different things. So let's go to Revelations 8, verse 5. So we'll read, we'll start, we read verse 1 about the seventh seal, silence, then seven angels with seven trumpets stand before God. Verse 3, another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar that was before the throne. 
And the smoke of the incense, which came up with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God of the angel's hands. And now the angel takes the censer, fills it with fire, casts it into the earth, and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. So under the seventh seal, here's a part of this, where here is the prayers, they're held in a cup. Now, why would God hold prayers? You know, this, the fifth seal actually really opens this up. There were souls under the altar crying, how long before you provide vengeance, O God? He said that was the Jews. And God said he was holding that up until the Jews came into their place. But now there's also prayers that we would have uttered, that we would have prayed. You know, we would have prayed, say, Lord, even so, come now, Lord Jesus. We, many of us would have prayed, Lord, just, just wipe this thing off the map. But if God had answered those prayers, maybe somebody wouldn't have come in. So God's holding all of those prayers. Maybe there's prayers, Lord, look at what they've done. Under James, the, the husbandman of the Sabbath, look at what they've done. And look at the things they're doing. It's unrighteous. It's ungodly. And God says, I know it, but there's coming a time of judgment. Just like it was with the Pharisees, there's coming a time of judgment. So the prayers that have been uttered by the saints under the dark ages, the martyrs, all of those things, they're being held, they're being held, and they're being held to a certain time. And at a certain time, they come before the throne of God, and God says, okay, let the judgments begin. And now what you're seeing, friends, is the judgment of God on America, on England, upon all the nations of the world. That's the negative side. Back to Revelations 5. Revelations 5. Here, they took the four beasts, four and twenty elders, fell down, having every one of their harps, and golden vials full of odors, odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So these same prayers, they were bound, what? By creeds and dogmas, some of those saints. They desired a righteousness that they could not come to in their age. They desired to have more of God. They desired to look beyond the curtain of time. But God said, not yet. Men like Spurgeon, when they asked him about revelations, they said, what about the book of revelations? He said, that's not for me. It'll take a prophet to fulfill that. Men like uh, the Brother Adam would refer to, they, they probed at it. They, they looked at it. But now God says, at the, finally at a certain time, he says, now I'm going to release it. And I'm going to release it. Not just knowledge, but something that starts to manifest among the body. Look at Brother Branham even. Just give me just five minutes and I'm done. Look at, at Brother Branham even at the time of the breaking of the seals. He has a message in 1962. What time is it, sirs? And, he, and, and, and in, in the tail end of 1962, he says, six people in the church had dreams. And he says, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And then he comes and he goes into the seventh, which is, does it mean my death? Does it mean all of these things? And he has the vision of the little birds, the big birds, the angels that come to him. And he says, now, now what is it? What's happening here? He says, friends, something, and he says it in the seals, something is happening. You should have seen it. And as Brother John, or Brother Daniel, Andy said last week, yet some are not seeing it yet. Maybe they would. And there's questions. Is it right for a woman to shave her legs at the time of the seven seals? And it was an honest question. But God was doing something that was now opening something that would never be stopped.
Now it was God coming down. I'm just going to say it this way. You look at what's happening, and I've talked to other brothers in other churches. The services are becoming more anointed. The services, you can't stop them now. It's coming, and he says, it is, it is brother so-and-so comes up and preaches a service, and brother so-and-so, what is it? It's the mighty God in his body again. It is God, not, not just in one place, but in his church in every body. And, and at the time of Brother Bannon, it was already happening, and he says, you can't see it yet. He says this as I finish this. Golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So now there's a part of it where this judgment starts, but there's another part where a group begins to recognize who she is. And she says, they sung a new song. You are worthy to take the book, to open the seals. You have redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue. And you have made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign upon the earth. And they're singing worthy. I'll I'll tell you what I'm rejoicing in more than anything is to see God working in our midst, is to see him in our everyday life. I finish with this. Matthew 24 You go into the sixth seal where Brother Branham takes the parallel of each of the seals opening and he ties it with Matthew 24. But then he omits the seventh seal. He doesn't say anything about it. Even the Bible says there was silence in heaven. Something was happening. Now, at the opening of the seventh seal, Revelations 10, that's Brother Branham's words. Revelations 10, the seventh seal. Seven thunders utter their voices on earth, not in heaven. So something is happening in the people of God. I tell you what, the things we have seen, they are coming to pass out there, one by one, one by one. But they're also happening in here. I got more love in my heart for my brother that's fallen. I got more love in my heart for somebody who doesn't see it quite like me. And I might be wrong and I need their love too. Now, just as I am winding around, I'll just read this before I call the musicians, but if you take Brother Branham and then he actually goes into the tribulation and Israel and then right in the latter part of Matthew 24. And he takes this in parallel to Luke 17. And he talks about this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Just like God held something back till this and this and this were placed, he also has to move us. And sometimes it's not us doing it. It's the grace of God that opens something. And we, we just need to cooperate. And he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word not. The day and the hour knows not the angels in heaven. See, it was silence in heaven. But my father knows them. But as the days of Noah, and as the days of Lot. Now, it, it just says there'll be two left. And he talks about this. Verse 42 Watch you therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord comes. So now he begins to just talk, not about something that's happening, but he talks about our everyday lives. Can I read something out of the seventh seal? He says this, there's no great men among us. We're brothers and sisters. We're not great. Don't make one greater than the other one. Don't do that. 
We're human beings. He also says, don't try to interpret things. And then he, he actually, in, in one place here, he says, I never knew it, but one week ago, 10 services ago, he preaches the message, God revealed in simplicity. He, and he comes back at the end of the seventh seal. Don't you see it? It was God back there, and it's God right now. God in simplicity. Don't try anything other than live a close life. Give praise and honor to God. Everybody understand that. So now I'm taking it back to Matthew 24. And he talks about little things. Two women there. And then he says the goodman of the house and the thief. And, and then he said who's a wise and faithful servant. And, but if that servant says my Lord will delay his coming. And now he begins to cheat people. Smite his servants. The Lord will come. So what is it? It's manifest now in everyday living. How you treat people, how you talk to people, your attitudes. What is it? Christ is in all of these things. How we live and how we act. What is the seven seal, brother Ed? It's quiet. The world can't see it. But it's happening in us, among us, around us. I, I, I see more of God. Listen, musicians come now. I'm, I'm just, I'm done. There's more of God among us in our daily lives. There's more of God in our homes. We ought, we ought to see that and say, Lord, I'm not at that part. I can't make it. God's going to have it happen. He'll give us grace. Friends, if I could just say, God, God is in control. And the wheel in the middle of the wheel is his people on earth. And I desired, let's just stand together. I desire that he would manifest and reflect in, in the lives of our youth, in the, in the lives of every home and every family. And not, not just in Brother Ed the preacher, but in Brother Ed at work, and Brother Ed at home. And, 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 and that's where I'm looking for more of God. It's not about being religious. It's about being in a relationship with God. There's a part, if we're honest, I, I felt we feel helpless sometimes. We were helpless to see Sister Laura pass away, but we give it to God. We're helpless sometimes when a loved one isn't where they should be. And what does Brother Bram do? He says, just live salty. Be a real Christian. Don't, don't, don't go out there and try to do some great thing. No, stay in relationship with God. I want to live my gospel at home. I want to live it in my thoughts. I want to live it not just up here. In fact, I, I say, Lord, let, let it manifest more in my life before I even start to speak it. What is... There's a generation. There's so much we could bring into this. Where God is going to take what was unfulfilled in the Ephesian age and He's going to fulfill it in this age. What the reformers couldn't do, he's going to do. The, the life that even those who came, Brother Branham longed to see a church in such harmony, in one thought and in one mind. He said that as Brother Max had just preached and as the Lord had been dealing with us on, not one thought, not one evil, but he says in that atmosphere, healing would take place. Miracles would take place. There's going to be a people that are experiencing that. There's many that have gone to the grave first. 
But they died believing on this, which there's a generation on the earth now that will experience it that. Will you be there? I don't know. If the Lord chooses to take me before, I won't be there. But I, I'll tell you what, I'm believing that with all my heart. And I want to keep pushing towards that. Do you? Oh, it's going to take his grace, friends. It's going to take more than what we can utter ourselves. It's going to take his grace. Amazing grace shall always be my song. He looked beyond my faults.
if there's one thing that I think our eyes have been turned to, it's to see him. I, it's to see him in my brother and my sister. We're always going to see the outside part, the faults, the mistakes. I trust you bear with mine, but I want to see him. Amen. I, I, I want to keep my eyes on him. Let's just sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and we'll just have a word of prayer. Turn your eyes.